Well, hello. What's up? This is Ergo. It is indeed Ergo. And we are back live. You I'm, are Kiss. I'm still Kiss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, you remain Damon. I am. For the foreseeable time. Here's something I'm trying off for size. What do you got? So we're checking in, folks. Just a little, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But here's something I'm trying off for size. This happened in a group message yesterday. It came to me and it felt golden. I'm going to I'm going to throw and it's it's tongue in cheek. So okay. I, I'll take I'll take whatever shots come my way. <laughs> you throw, always do. You know, I'm throwing out a Dame Diddy. <laughs> you mean like that is a name for you? That is I'm, I'm, I, I can live with that. Is it like a Damon Dame Diddy Williams? Like are you no, no, in the no, middle? No, no. Like it's a, it's like, a is he Dame Diddy, Dame Daddy or Dame Dummy? <laughs> oh, I get it. You're Biggie and he's Puffy. I'm Dame Diddy. Oh, I see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. There. All right. I yeah. uh, I'll roll with that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I don't know it. if I'll ever intro you as Dame Diddy. It's cool. It, usually you will do it when it is appropriate to make fun of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm giving that to the people. I don't think I make fun of you very You don't. Often. You don't. I could take it. Yeah, I don't. I could take it. I've never been a good make funner. Uh, in love. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, like my whole, I would say my, my middle school career that was to my detriment was that to some degree I could take it, but I was always trash at dishing it. Ah. And, uh. You you that are a, a I'm not even gonna say guy. You are a nice person. I think that's been a part of your history. Well, we'll see you next week. <laughs> you, you'll crash into that wall. Yeah, that's all I need. <laughs> um, so, for those of you who don't know, what we usually do here is showcase folks reshaping the culture of our city for the more equitable and the more creative. We're not not doing that today. It's just mm-hmm. that those people are us. Yes, we check um, in from time to time. Every like 30, mm-hmm. 40 episodes. We're, we, uh, we're people. We're not just hosts. Absolutely. We're not just question askers. Uh, we're question answerers, thinkers, yeah. um, idea havers. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what we're doing today, taking uh, taking an episode to to check in. Um, so let's, let's do it. Dan, mm-hmm. in this time, in this moment, this season, how's the world treating you? How are you treating the world? Um... The, the the world is is treating me uh the world is abundant you know and and it, mm. and it, it gives me all that that it, it needs um the world is also like scalable or fractal mm. so like the world is very comfortable being small mm. for me even though i you know have deep and wide connections and you know try to have wide impact uh i'm in i'm in a very like I have a, a patterns hmm. and like I'm feeling consistent. Uh and with that, you know, I'm treating I'm treating the world well uh because I'm accepting it very hmm. uh very holistically. So those and patterns accepting myself, you know. Yeah, so those pattern that feels like a new thing to be like yeah. a sense of what your patterns yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I you know, I'm driving from here to here on this day. <laughs> like these are my, you know, kind of some consistency and feel, you know. Especially since I've been out of school, I haven't felt that I've had that. Like I've had standing commitments, yeah. But like the rest of my life, I'm just figuring out. And, yeah. And now, even though I'm still very all doing multiple things, and they're varied, uh, it just I feel a little bit more consistent and, and durable. Yeah, I think you know something we've been talking about a lot off mic in the last few weeks is just both kind of feeling like I don't know, like a chapter. Not even like a chapter ended, but like we're just in the next chapter. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a just like, oh man, we're adulting. It's like, no, no, we're adults. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's funny. We've been coming up here and doing this for so long that there's there's kind of this living archive of like us growing too. And mm-hmm. I think that'll continue. But I don't know, just like taking the second to stop and look around, I definitely have been feeling like 
Um, Are you a- answering the question without me having to ask it? Because I was ready. Yeah, to I mean do vaguely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All well, right. we can we can circle back right. to the the me world dichotomy, but right. I just feel like um, yeah, all of a sudden, like it's not that I've stopped growing, but like I am grown. Mm-hmm. Like there is no part of my life that I am not a grown person in. Mm-hmm. Like I am responsible for myself. I have my own space. Mm-hmm. I have a relationship that is not a like childlike relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you're not just meeting up for drinks. Yeah, no, with in any aspect. Of my <laughs> <life>. <laughs> um, when I meet, I meet. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I don't know. It's it's an interesting, and it doesn't even mean that like I have things figured out more, but like it, externally, I just. I don't know. It it just feels like we're, I'll speak for me. I feel like I kind of just hit a new, a new chapter. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's one, just a nice feeling to feel like something has changed. That Mm -hmm. wasn't like an abrupt change, but it's just like steady organic Mm -hmm. growth. But also I kind of like who I'm turning into, which is a fun feeling. Can you title the last chapter and have a working title for the chapter you're entering? Let's see, yeah. let's chapter titles. Yeah. Chapter chapter six. Okay. Was let's say <laughs> twenty-two to twenty-five and a half. Um, or twenty-six. And that's Daniel decides what he believes and then questions whether he actually believes it. That's mm-hmm. the second half of the chapter. It's mm-hmm. being like, Oh, these things, all these things I thought I believed and knew. Do I actually believe them? Do I actually know them? Mm-hmm. Um and now the the next chapter feels like Daniel figures out what he actually believes. How about you? That's I, I don't have titled chapters, but uh, or chapter subtitles? titles. But I, I think that th- you 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 name something that's like really comforting for me, and it's it's a, also a dichotomy as we understand most of life in binaries. Um, but yeah, shit. I I I, I <coughs> you know twenty one to twenty five. Uh, I also had was like felt equipped hmm. with these new concepts. Uh, felt like I had you know, and then been enlightened to access consciousness. Yeah, uh, and was like working to develop it, make it tangible, and put it into action, and like help spread it. Yeah. Uh, but also wanting to prove to myself and others, not even prove, but like was unsure of if I really knew hmm. the details of what I was talking about. It felt very at the surface. Yeah. It's like the information uh, I've gotten like checks out so far. Yeah, like it yeah, makes yeah. sense, but I can't, I, the the reason why I feel like I can stand on it is because someone who I trust is. Right. Right. So, so I, I'm, I'm in a room where it's like, Oh, I agree. And I know, but I'm still unsure of myself of like, am I official with it? Uh, mm. And now, you know, philosophically here's the dichotomy i always feel like we don't know and there is no absolute truth right but in my relative subjective truth and understanding of the world i feel very confident Hmm. in like you know my elders the ogs the experts the the accredited there's Hmm. no room where i'm like unsure of where i stand Hmm. uh and so now it's about um getting to the detail of it and creating from it you know, so it's yeah. not just about like saying, "Hey, this is what I know." It's like, okay, now what do we build? What what new compounds? Yeah, can we make from it? Uh, and, and how how do? What does it look like in relationship? Yeah, do you, you think know? there are rooms that you would feel that unsureness that you just don't go to? No, no, and that, like maybe this like- might be arrogance, but and no, it's not arrogance because it's 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 confidence in the the the, the um 
the the honor and the privilege that I have of like the relationships that I have. So like at some point we're going to have Barbara Ransby on here. Right. And so not just her, but the, 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 the rooms that I get access to, you know, our, our, the friendships we have. So right. Eve Ewing, Ricky Ricardo Gamboa, like, you know, I don't think there is a, a, a level too much above, you know, yeah. what they can bring or what they have access to or what we participate in together. Mm-hmm. And I feel confident uh, and I feel like I can stand on my own. I feel like if they, if I was challenged in that space, yeah, I would know how to like refine my position and like, and so, yeah, you know, nah, I can't, I can't imagine, you mm. know, like maybe there, I mean, there are people who know Shadow, like, you know, I couldn't go to even if somebody with ec- economics degree, I couldn't go to like some Washington think tank on right. fiscal policy, but if I wanted to, but you to, could be in I that could, room, I could and- if I wanted to, right? But I'm not, and if I went right now, I'd be like, ah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Be like, wow, you have some very nice suits <laughs> unnecessarily. <laughs> Let's talk about suits. Yeah. Yeah. I was it's funny, I was just thinking about you and suits earlier today, actually. Were you? Not a lot. Tell me tell me about this. So when we were in DC last year yeah, yeah, for yeah, a yeah, gig yeah. at Georgetown and we were staying in this <laughs> hotel and there was like an HBCU convention uh-huh, uh-huh. there, which meant it freaked me out. Many suits. Yeah, many, many Why suits. did it freak you out? Um <laughs> I can't believe you said that. I was just thinking about this. Yeah, because it, it you know growing up you know i lived in a in a it's hard to name my like household environment right because uh there was it was it was a we were a family in transition Hmm. so transitioning out of like you know uh street economy and kind of like more working class into you know entertainment economy and like a lower middle level corporate class like it was in my first 12 to 15 years so having access to multiple worlds but being groomed at least actively by my mother to be able to you know wear this i think really unhealthy concept of black excellence Hmm. um to be able to be respectable to to um not necessarily like overtly elitist but to have access to elite Mm -hmm. spaces uh there's a difference between elite and elitist yeah and so you know, a lot of like trying to groom me to be the young dude wearing the suits and that being part of the spectacle. And like, it just felt like my other, it felt like the venom to my Spider-Man, like <laughs> to be able to see like, you know, the clean cut, yeah. not more than half an inch hair, clean yeah. shaven and like watching the intergenerational networking and mm-hmm. the old lawyers being the mentors and just watching them yeah. move around. It was like, ah, oh, man. That, and that's you know, an ecosystem. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. they, that will work. And in most normative spaces, they are doing better than me. And so it's like mm. just looking at it and being like, I actively like let it's, you know, it's kind of like hoop dreams, you know, like when I watch basketball sometimes, it's like, ah, man, if I'd have grown and been a little bit more committed, like what, what could have been. So what is it about the suit though? Uh, I just think it's the uniform of oppression. Mm. And I think it's, you know, it's some, you know, in native indigenous, like, you know, um, uh, schooling shit, you know, uh, and so the, the way I the way I say it as we are at the University of Chicago land right now mm-hmm. that was taken from indigenous people and built by slaves, uh, is that at least in the last fifty to sixty years, there's been no like massive wide scale destructive oppressive decision that wasn't made by somebody wearing a suit at the time. <laughs> you know, like building the atom bomb. I don't know, maybe some golf pants. 
I feel like some bad decisions were made in like a performance some, polo. Some college. brainstorming, <laughs> but the final when decision the, the was, was made. Signed, it was, it was everybody in the room was wearing. And so that's the other side. I'm not, I'm not on that side. I'm not wearing that jersey. Hmm. And so I don't want them to ever think I'm on that side. I don't believe personally in like the infiltration myth as an individual. Like hmm. maybe if, if I have a base behind me and they're like, go engage, yeah. I will as like, a, you know. To to enact the will of the but people, you're, but you're not trying to be inconspicuous. But just yeah, just an individual. I'm in the room. I know what's happening. That doesn't work. You internalize the environment. That yeah, you're in. that only works if then what you do is the thing that nobody does, but is what happened in Spook This Up. Right, door. right. And that's like the one example. Yeah, and that's, and that's a fictional, fictional example. You know, and and so and people like bring that up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, But when has that ever happened? Who has done that well in a way that did not promote in the way that the other side didn't benefit more. Hmm. I want. That's a good question. Are there any? Let's see. If Infiltrators. Any, yeah. Let's see if there any examples. Are there ahead. any folks who like learned from the British Army who then led overthrows of the British Army? I I don't or like a colonial army and gen, like who were trained by them and then led a military against them. I don't know the answer, but that yeah, seems like I an mean, example. Th- that, yeah, yeah. That, Obviously, I know that happens. It's still a military, you know. It, so here's the thing. So that's the caveat that I said is like you need people. That's like why the show yeah, is so yeah. important because it's about community. It's about relationship. Yeah. The so like Xavier should wear a suit because that's what he's doing. Right, he's right, going right, there right, and right, he's right, taking this right. stuff. Right. And, and, and if he calls me and be like, hey, should I meet yeah. with the new head of the superintendent, blah, 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 or be a part of the thing? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you could do that. But that is slavery, right? <laughs> so, like, first and foremost, like, know that, know that we are against slavery, uh, and you know, only engage in a way hmm. that you know, or deal deal with the ramifications and some of the scrutiny that will be deservedly so. But you and I are good, no matter yeah. what. Yeah. Even if I disagree, or even if you're not working in my style because you're yeah. my people, you know. So you said style. How about aesthetically? It never looks good to you? And you think that's just a I mean some suits, suits have been can be fly. Yeah. And I think that's part of the danger, right? Like look at the new neo-Nazi white supremacist dudes. Like they don't look too different from like the Kappas strolling. Like, no, but they are the poor dressers. Not the new ones. There's like two or three of those guys that well, like, they tried that. That they have tried like the, the like, Justin cute. Timberlake look with the little slide cut and the vest and like the tailored yeah. suit. Yeah. That's that at at the like the best level, right? Like the I don't know, the the Alicia Garza or the Charlene Carruthers or the Bizarro World. <laughs> yeah, or the or the the, the Tanahasi coats of the other sides mm-hmm. are like wearing crispy ass suits. Hmm. I uh I do think that a great way to pick out someone who you don't want to mess with is if they're wearing a vest. I'm profoundly anti-vest. You're anti-vest? Yeah, I'm divesting. <laughs> uh, folks. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was just thinking about how I do think that by the time I'm like 32. You're like, tucking in more shirts. Yeah. Yeah. I want to own. That's a gateway. I want to own <laughs> one tailored suit because I think it would be useful and not just politically, but like there are enough occasions where I feel like it would be a useful thing to be able to like, I don't ever want to have to wear a jacket to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are times where it, it's nice to, to be formal. Oh yeah. Know? I'm being extreme. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying other You're people an need to, yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying other people need to live this life. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing is absolute. So, so you can, actually, so you can wear a suit for comfort and yeah. for yourself. Right. But for me, yeah. I know that it will pull me. I know that I I have as much as I struggle have internalized enough of those spaces 
and that I like having access to things yeah. that that could potentially, you know, yeah. I want, I, I have not built enough of what I want to do personally to be able to engage in that mm-hmm. other side yet, because then they have the power. I don't, Still have, the, might get I don't have the yeah. power, you know, yeah. yet to be able to fully resist while interacting. Something that you just said that I've been thinking about a lot and seems like in the theme of, of us getting older and growing and learning some actual things, mm-hmm. the like, I don't expect everyone to live my way, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like for me, this is what I'm figuring yeah, yeah. out works. That seems like, at least for me, one of the biggest lessons. Yeah. That's why I don't tweet anymore. What do you mean? Uh, because until I'm offering more to transform me, just telling you what I think. And a lot of what the way we tell people what we think on Twitter is this like absolute propagating. Mm. And it's a lot of like right versus wrong. And, you know, I, I, it struggles me to see that everybody's competing with each other subconsciously. And so like being competed with being like stunning on being told that I'm not deep enough. Uh, and then trying to like figure out where do I let people know that they're not deep enough and say my thing that people like, you know, and now I've told you what you're, you are, are not supposed to do or say, uh, I'm not in the space yet where, you know, I I can share that. Yeah. I just think 99% of conversations should happen in private. And I think mm, like mm-hmm. way more conversations are happening in public than yeah. should be. Like when, if there's someone who I have a conflict with or I disagree with, either I'm not going to talk to them about it at all, which is my own personal shit of just not wanting confrontation, or I'm going to talk to them about it in private. And I yeah. think that more than anything is the thing that has helped me build healthy relationships. <laughs> you mean you're not just going to watch them talk to other people all day? Like I'm not going to watch them talk to other people. <laughs> that's what Twitter is. You're going to watch the person, the bully you don't eaves- like. I'm basically eavesdropping. <laughs> yeah. Following them to their lunch table. Yeah, yeah. And shit. they just can't see me. Basically, it's an invisibility cloak <laughs> yeah. to like some really crappy conversations mm-hmm. and like awful situations. Yeah. So I think, and I think people respond so much more you know it's our whole our whole thing about like humanizing dialogue but like a real dialogue happens person to person and it doesn't it can even be over technology like i'm not Mm -hmm. saying it has to be face to face but i am saying like person to person without an audience yeah is the best kind is the most meaningful kind of like conversations for healing that i've ever encountered i've never seen someone be healed in front of an audience yeah and as a lifelong performer now at this point yeah I you have we have to really start accounting for how unhealthy performance can be. Hmm. You know, it's not that's interesting on the whole a bad thing. Uh, but if you were doing it without consciousness or without uh, a certain foundation, um, you were then in a con- you were always reacting or responding to something external, and that is what Twitter is. It is a it is a it might not be a cultural like you're not tap dancing, yeah, uh, but that is a social performance, and you got to be you got to be strong to do that. Mm. now i'm just thinking about tap dancing which we we've done this i don't know we've done this we have we have we've we talked have. about we've my talked tap about dancing this. past yes yeah i'm half embarrassed and half just really proud yeah yeah i, I feel like you probably are growing towards more proud i feel like yeah. you might have been 70 30 embarrassed yeah i was real embarrassed and, and that's now part of that grow bad thing man. yeah it's like hey i uh <laughs> i was a i was a quirky kid that's that's great <laughs> <laughs> and like that th- th- so little advice for people because mm-hmm. I, I find myself often in the role of like confidant or counsel. Mm. And then like the last like literal season, like the last two to three months, I found that no matter what somebody is going through or what the thing is, <laughs> maybe I'm just getting lazy with my <laughs> advice. 
<laughs> but no, like I respond to the specifics, but like when I break it down, it feels like everything that everybody is struggling with can be remedied to some extent by this very basic advice. And that is acceptance. And like the language I use is accept that even which you can't tolerate. Mm-hmm. And so like on the big level, uh, you know, the example I use is like, you know, the white nationalism that is exploding yeah. in the public sphere and like Trumpism, like a Trump supporter uh, is not something that I tolerate. It is something that, I, you know, within my whole right. fiber, I am against all of the ideology and 90% of the actions, uh, but not, but I accept that it is real. I accept yeah. the history of what causes it and I can't let it trip me out. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, if you keep banging your head, and I think we've talked about, if you keep banging your head against like the fact that something exists and you're mad because you think it shouldn't. We can't, I can't take it. Yeah. I won't stand for this. Like, no, I have to stand for it. Like, like you it, know, it that's, that is out of your control. Beyond me. It'll be there after you're gone. Probably yeah. like this isn't, we don't get to decide all of the variables of our world. Yeah. We only get to decide the variables, like a third of the variables of our life. <laughs> and this is not to be passive, right? Or this right. is not to be kumbaya. This is as somebody who like, you know, literally will put their life on the line for like movement and change yeah. and revolution. You know, when I'm talking to the people that I love, especially in their interpersonal conflict, it's like, no, I'm not saying that they're right. right. And I'm not saying that it is, it is tolerable, right. but to address it, right. I'm not just saying like, let's watch it and let, you know, let things yeah. be what they are, but to most effectively transform something, you need to have a relationship with it. Right. And in having a relationship, you have to accept what it is. So somebody might be tweaking on you, right. Your boss may be, psychopathic literally like i'm not saying yeah. that in an ableist way like yeah. may have issues with, you know and you have to accept that oh this is the person i'm working with i am dealing right with, with a, a certain psychosis right. right i have to accept it i have to know what it is i have to not be triggered by it i have to fortify myself and not absorb right that the toxicity that people give because we're all hurting we right. all have been we you know especially people listening in in the continental u.s like We've all been shaped by these same systems that are, if nothing else, violent. And so once you internalize that violence, everybody's tweaking. Everybody is sick. Everybody is ill. People are not well as a whole right now. Uh, Clearly. We got to accept That's not a question. That's that's clear. One thing that I was thinking about, and this is a little bit of a tangent, Mm -hmm. but to that everybody's not well thing. So I was reading, I think, an article, I think it was, or I heard someone talking about how, uh, how... environmental pollution dictates people's decision making mm, so mm-hmm. like people See? who have lead exposure or heavy metal exposure are more likely to have make violent decisions or right. erratic decisions or right. and some of that you can't necessarily control for all of it right mm-hmm. so is it the lead or is it because people who have more lead are more likely to live in areas that have less money and fewer economic right, opportunities right, right, right. and so they're like correlation isn't causation but there are Sometimes. psychological studies of like people who have been exposed to lead and how that impacts their brain. Um, and that's why for a long time you couldn't put lead in paint was yeah. because we knew it damaged people's brain. And we have such a poor understanding of our decision-making as humans. And, you know, even just like the CTE stuff, you know, think about if CTE had been in the conversation CTE during the, is the head injuries that from football, football players yeah, or other athletes, but especially football. Imagine if CTE had been in the conversation during the OJ trial. Mm. Right. So I'm not, that's not to let, right. Right. He was already off the hook, but, but yeah, talk about <laughs> but like we know OJ is still a funny reference. <laughs> that's evergreen. That's evergreen. He's, just, he's out here. Yeah. He's, just li- he's living in Vegas. I was <laughs> the amount of, 
like washed up obscure figures that are probably just living just in Vegas. Dudes, just living in Vegas, <laughs> playing golf, <laughs> doing their thing. Can you imagine you're just walking across the casino floor and you just see OJ Simpson? That is, ah, what would you do? Nothing. You would just. I would accept you didn't that that him. is OJ Simpson. <laughs> Oh, and that is the thing yeah. I cannot tolerate. <laughs> I can't tolerate that. <laughs> but going back to the CT, like you know, we have such a poor understanding of how our decisions are made. So whether mm-hmm. it's brain damage, whether it's environmental damage, whether it's our gut biome, mm-hmm. you know, the reason why we feel decisions coming from our gut is because we're learning decisions happen in communication between the bacteria in our stomach and our brain and our and our cortex so up our spine through our endocrine system we make decisions that way as well so the that all that's in, and that's on the micro level not mm-hmm. to mention the macro systems we're talking about mm-hmm. but we have such a poor understanding of why people do the things we do um and we should continue learning more so mm-hmm. that we have a better understanding but it's just it's so complex and the, the the certainty, like I was saying, in this chapter, it's mm-hmm. learning that like if you are certain, you are wrong mm-hmm. about pretty much anything, yeah, 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 yeah. with the exception human of human beings don't have the capacity to be certain about almost any thing in life. The in, only in way the you universe. can be certain is if you're throwing a bunch of shit out the window, which yeah, is why I stopped yeah. sending. So yeah, it's like why many of the decisions I made are because I see people who are certain and. I know that the only way they can get that point is if they ignore the things that don't match mm-hmm. their argument. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, that's confirmation bias. That's a straw man, all that stuff. But we're doing it all the time. Yeah, we tweak it. You know? Yeah. So I'm glad you threw the word environment out because some language I've been using is we are nothing but the products of the relationship between our ancestral experience and our environmental experience. Mm-hmm. So basically a new way to say that's nature, nature nurture, versus yeah. nurture, but it's not, it's nature, nature and nurture. Yeah. Uh, in that within our nature, within our nurture, they are not actually singular things. Right. You know, it's not, a, it's, there is no binary. So it's, yeah. it's a multiplicity and it's a spectrum. Uh, but we usually like, you know, especially as environmental justice in the, you know, nineties got like super corporate and super kind of mm-hmm. like liberal. We yeah. kind of only think of it as like the Amazon or the atmosphere, but our, people are part of our environment you yeah. know what i'm saying like the urban landscape is an environment your your day job wherever you are listen to this right, right now is your me talking to you it going through this microphone and through your headphones or through your speakers is an environmental experience right uh and and that is always shaping and reshaping you and you also store it and pass it on and it becomes part of the next generation's ancestral experience yeah and yeah. and so you know we often we we don't really account for the fact that we want to be like, oh, we are in control, but we are being constantly shaped and reshaped. Uh, and, you know, people have intentionally made decisions to shape us into more exploitable hmm. beings. Uh, what are some decisions you've made recently to take some of that power back? Or some ways that you're like, I am not going to let myself be shaped by this exploitative thing? Um, <clears throat> that's a good question. I want to have like something better than just like, making these vegetable fruit smoothies and like saunaing and like weightlifting Hmm. and uh, being okay if I don't do everything at a perfect level or do it at the level that I've seen other people do it, you know? So there are organizers that 
can respond and correspond at a level. You know, my sister can do things at a level that like is just beyond the way my brain works and accepting that. Uh, but yeah. let me see. A- ask the question one more time and see a if way I get a that you that. Uh, like a, a change that you've made in your life to say like I will not be exploited in this way. Basically, um, yeah, definitely like n- not consuming mainstream media especially firsthand Hmm. right like i i if something is on like you know the big things that are seeing in the embassy i only watch if it's having widespread cultural impact yeah and like in order to better engage people i need to do this thing or i'll do like you know some intentional secondary sources that have some shaping or some Mm -hmm. subjectivity to it uh but like even kanye right like i i still have not seen more than like 12 to 15 seconds of the whole Trump sit down. Yeah. Um, and at some point I, I probably will. Uh, but like, I think it is important for us, for him specifically, but in general to stop making space for toxicity and unhealthiness, not even toxicity. Cause I don't even think it is as harmful as we name it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, he's, he's capping, but, and it's not this good. doesn't it doesn't matter that much but it's you know it's not you know he he's not defunding the epa yeah there are 500 you know things happening in that office that <laughs> uh, day that are worse than that and so you know in me saying like yo he needs to take up less space me realizing i need to stop consuming him taking up space yeah uh and that's personal it's not going to have any impact right because it is a collective thing uh but knowing that i think that and like actually living it and feeling it and not, you know, not being a spectator to the, hmm. to the craziness. What about stuff that's or not the, news? That's words, what are, like wildness. May, are you saying like mainstream consumption, but what about in terms of like entertainment consumption? Cause that's something I've been thinking about a lot is like, I'll still watch. There are a lot of things that I'll still watch that I'm amazed that so many people are watching, mm-hmm. even in this polarized moment. Mm-hmm. Like and what? you know, a tv show uh stand up certain podcasts stuff like that that you know it's it's not it's never like like i'm not watching i'm not watching you know ncis mm-hmm. but you know I'm, i've just been watching the good place a lot which is a michael shores sitcom on or comedy michael Shore as in the office yeah so it's a, as in moe's well yeah but he's also the co-creator of the office yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. played moles yeah he did play one of the great cameo small roles of all time yeah yeah Yeah. never seen a man run like that (laughs) the only the two people on television i've ever seen run like that are him and cat williams on atlanta very (laughs) similar arms locked run down the street um shout out to to moles that's a first up here um But having an understanding of how that's shaping my mm-hmm, brain too, mm-hmm. you know, I, it's, and it's not only amazing, it's just the things I consume that way, the same way the food that I consume is shaping my body and my brain. Uh, you know, so I, in the last, in, in the last, I don't know, year, yeah, I've been mm-hmm. watching and listening to a lot of Rogan, um, Joe Rogan's podcast and there's a lot that I've learned from it and a lot of things that, you know, I've really tried to listen critically mm-hmm. and, you know, he's someone who is open in certain ways, but also has like his mm-hmm. lens. He's, um, he's, I would, I would say subjectively wrong sometimes, sometimes yeah. um, on, and, on big things. He and can, even when he's not wrong, he is inflexible in his like positioning. Sometimes. Like, um, so 
an interesting conversation that I had. Not, I, I don't want to get into like all the personal parts of this necessarily, but I was talking with Rosie, shout out to Rosie. And we were talking about food and meat and vegan and meat consumption and you know a typical a typical evening in the in the fitz kisslinger household can, can, can i stay right there and sure. one little interjection to sure. so another thing is um treating myself as an addict even though i don't i'm not addicted to any of the like stigmatized things mm. so like i'm not opioid or alcohol but sugar know, and the sugar we meat right like treating those things as addictions hmm. uh and just being like more active on my, you know, so it's not like, oh, now I need to go cold, cold turkey. turkey yeah. It's like, oh, which to be honest, even it? cold turkey would be right, right. Yeah. Still, you're still addicted to it. Yeah. And so that's been one thing that's really been helpful. That's a great answer. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. But anyway, so we were talking about this, and, you know, I have some vague, abstract interest in hunting. It feels <laughs> like a, and that was a thing I had not, inter- it wasn't that I was anti, I just had never interrogated it until I started listening to him talk about mm. it in the, like, value for him personally and also the way that it feels responsible from an ecological perspective Mm and um you know and some of it is it's not the the masculinity of killing it's Mm -hmm. the masculinity of like providing for Mm -hmm. yourself and Mm -hmm. for people around Mm you um so it's not like joy in the violence it's like recognizing what is necessary in order for you and the people around you to be sustained Mm -hmm. and taking responsibility for Mm -hmm. that and like looking that head on and not being scared of that. And, and that is, that's a masculine thing that like, or that is a trait that is traditionally masculine that I'm actually not running from necessarily. Yeah, yeah. And re-diverting. That's not a word. Diverting mm-hmm. that violent energy and not denying it's right to kind of the accepting, but not tolerating thing. Right. Like treating violence as a, cause I'm also thinking about collective addictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think me yeah. consumption is one of those. And like violence is a collective ad- ad- addiction that ha- we have evolved to like that is a part of what we are and so i think that's one of his things is like this exists this is a real right. thing and especially uh in the conditioning uh, he doesn't use the word conditioning i think he's a little bit more biologically determined about it but mm-hmm. i'll say the conditioning and the ancestral experience yeah. of men and masculinity is rooted in violence yeah. and that has to be focused somewhere or hmm. else it can explode or yeah. have other unhealthy yeah effects yeah and use it in a useful but anyway so we're talking about this we're talking about the hunting and you know it's not a thing i'm trying to do next week but it's something that for a while i've been thinking about and you know uh just something that she said that we haven't even really had a follow-up conversation about but i really want to is she said that in she had some worry or some concern about the effect of listening to him on my like psyche and the way I walk through the world mm. because she feels that maybe in the last year, as a result, I am less soft. Like I mm. have less of a, a softness to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was very challenging. He would probably be proud about that. Get your soft ass out of here. Let's, let's yeah, man up. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think you, that that's interesting. Cause you've prided yourself on a tenderness. I was. Yeah. Say. And it was surprising to me also because I think the work that I make is more soft and more like the things that I have made in the last year have been less rooted in a traditional masculinity than anything I've ever made before in my life. Yeah. It's, it's the shirt tucking in and the shoes, the shoes have gotten harder. You got harder sole shoes. <laughs> <laughs> my soul has got harder, but it's the shoe sole. So, I still don't quite yeah. know what to do with that. And it, but it, it really was surprising. And, 
you know, I was a little defensive at first. Mm -hmm. Um, And so some of it was trying to unpack like how much of that is change in me. How Mm -hmm. much of that is me being less afraid to show sides of me that I worried would mean that I, if I showed any inkling of, I would be exiled from my community. Also new boo and year and a half, two year boo. That's 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 the biggest, that's a totally different joint, but it's a, all the new boos out there, you're getting you're getting the softest picture available. Softest possible. <laughs> ASAP. So know that it gets harder from here. Or vice versa. Or hope. I think in the best kinds of relationships, you get the softest possible. At least for me. Up top. Right. Because there is the reverse, right? Where you get the like the person who cannot show their softness and mm-hmm. then you have to break it apart mm-hmm. and get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not me. But um it just was really challenging. Shout to out me. to the new boos in general. Absolutely. Go new middle age, middle go, stage. Go boo it up. Absolutely. Or don't if that's what you're into. But if you are booing, I hope you boo. Then boo. <laughs> so I, I'm curious, how do you, how do you think about softness? And and as you have um yeah, as you grow both like physically mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. in your relationship and uh, in what you consume, like, how is that changing for you? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, that, that pattern hasn't been, been, been named, but, you know, in this last year, um, particularly the relationships with like the women most important in my life, mm-hmm. uh, I have been much more steadfast, um, and then taken a, uh, a, a harder line, um, on, you know, what i what i will tolerate in my kind of communicating verbally or Mm non-verbally a little bit more actively uh (laughs) kind of where i stand and how i can be impacted um and it it it, it has felt like you know really healthy you know like yeah um a couple months ago uh like jennifer got like mad at me like for real mad that wasn't like a thing uh because I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get too much in the deep, but like f- for me, it was like, I know how I feel right now. And oftentimes I'll put that off in the attempt to be fair or attempt to be the good partner or attempt to be right. a good new conception of man right. uh, and then be stewing about it or be really yeah. um, not rocking with you in the long term in the same way. Uh, and so like just being comfortable of like, okay, you don't like what's happening i'm not going to engage in this way uh and it is fine that you are upset with me it doesn't mean that you're gonna leave it there it's cool we're gonna be cool pretty soon and we were uh but like um Hmm. i i I know i've had a tendency to be overly accommodating in life in general Hmm. uh and that has happened in my in my interpersonal most closest relationships and so you know I didn't. I hadn't thought about it in hard and softness, but mm. uh, if I want to use that language, it has actually made me feel um, more powerful about my my state of being, yeah, and less susceptible to what's to the feelings of others, while still having an like having an understanding right. or empathy. Like I know why you are upset, right. uh, but I don't have to come meet you only where you are and disregard right myself or subordinate what is what is very real for me right now but do you think so and i could be wrong i'm fine you could tell me i'm wrong right 
and I, you might and, even listen to that and, and I'm get okay, to that point. Yeah. But there, but there, there is a there is a line I have on how we can engage even on that yeah. wrongness. Mm. Um, and so that was good for me. Do you think part of why you in the past have been so accommodating was out of a like discomfort with steadfastness and being like you, you mentioned like that new interpretation of of masculinity mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like was the accommodation kind of like an attempt to subvert that i know it has been for me definitely in like my definitely like romantic partnership you know uh certainly like you know once you say to yourself or you say out loud to people as a man in this transitional time uh that i uphold and will outwardly identify as upholding a feminist politic even though i think it is important for men to find new language for that yeah uh but until we do um you know I, this tradition that is hmm. in resistance to patriarchy in forms of any type of um categorical domination uh, which is how I understand feminism. Like there's a responsibility of how you, yeah. you know, where are the contradictions in your own life? So definitely like overcorrected, even though I, you know, I think I started in a pretty yeah. relative neutral. Um, but the pendulum swings. Yeah. And then some of it is, is that conditioning, like, you know, shout out to moms. Uh, but that's our first shout out to moms, but <laughs> not like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 But shout, shout out to moms. <laughs> however, how, however, I was certainly conditioned uh, to be, accommodating to her yeah uh in a way that like i'm having to unlearn or critique uh and so i think it is it is beyond just like trying to be a good boyfriend or be the good guy uh it is it is it has been a thing in all of my relationships even Mm -hmm. with my homies even with like my masculine relationships of like being the listener being the the follower uh being very passive and dependent Hmm. um and so you know actually you know through through therapy, getting diagnosed, having language really helped me. Uh, getting diagnosed with like av- avoidant and dependent personality traits, or you know, hmm. the, if you want to use the word disorder, which I am perfectly comfortable with. Uh, and so seeing that, and then starting to look at that, and trying to see the roots, and seeing how it plays hmm. out, and and so you know, try instead of being dependent, trying to be more self sufficient, or seeing where that is, and in, in terms of being avoidant, being a little bit more active. Uh, hmm. and straight on has been a thing for me. But as we, you know, in in talking, you and I, in, in, in catching up on it, you know, also in the world, in our community, you know, this is, this is a never-ending project that at least probably for the next 20 years, we're going to have to, like, talk actively about in yeah. terms of gender relationships until we have new concepts of how we yeah. organize our bodies and our lives. Which the goal I'm always putting out that. The goal isn't to settle into a rut now yeah, either, you yeah, know? Yeah, but, but on some real Gracely Bog stuff, like, I am a black man, but we also need to not be conservative or hold these, uh, these categories as sacred. Mm. And we need to be working to, like, transform and expand past these very limited things of race, class, gender, and sexuality. Not to erase them, right? right? But we need more. Than What's just the that. accept and tolerate thing? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I do not tolerate these categories being the way we define ourselves, mm-hmm. but I'm accepting that in our world, these are the ways and, that we define ourselves. And they are ourselves. historically situated in some real right. ways. So I'm not saying like, let's get past race, right? Like right. race is always going to be a part of our history, but we can't be stuck in it. Uh, but with that being said, like back to the, to the gender piece, um, always, I mean, we, we, there's any anything in the news on any week, you know, we, we haven't talked about Kavanaugh. We also, how much time we got left? Almost yeah. 10 minutes. We did want to talk a little bit about 
uh, and Laquan and Van Dyke, but we we might not need to, and mm-hmm. we probably will have guests on where we can also it, yeah. engage that. Um, but you know, you you and I were talking, you know, as without getting too much into the detail, and then we can maybe not even use this example, but more the issue at hand. Um, trying to figure out the complications of there is no dichotomy of abuse and perpetrator and victim mm-hmm. and all of those things, but there is real uh relationships of power that right. we have to account for um in our own community um uh and with, without trying to get into names people might be able to piece together there has been kind of a an abusive thing that was happening in public space that's also tied to someone who is you know very prominent and connected to our community yeah. who was speaking out about abuse in a in a way that a lot of people are rightfully naming as contradictory right. um and you and I you know ha- have somewhat of personal relationship to all of the the dialogue or discourse uh, i actually have a deeply personal relationship to uh you know somebody who was who the, the person who was most probably affected by what started all this conversation uh and it's actually been a healthy point point for me to be able to like name that yeah. and center the harm and be able to like get past the fact that i was feeling hurt or embarrassed about my relationship but seeing that somebody was was hurt that yeah. I, I had once cared yeah. about i don't think we have to give names but i do think we need to be a little more specific that's fine I think this that's fine i'm willing to do that i'm willing to yeah. do that i just trying to trying to be appropriate yeah. uh so I'll, I'll pass to you i was getting it started yeah i mean again it's a fine it's a fine line but so much of this has been public so i don't feel like we're spilling any beans. basically mm-hmm. there is kind of an ongoing public conflict on twitter and social media between uh a someone who's been on the show uh shante who's a wonderful dj and person and has been part of our community we've done projects with and stuff mm-hmm. like that and someone she's been in a relationship with uh stefan ponce um and they have a kid together and they haven't been together for a while but i'd say every few months from the outside i see every few months uh like kind of flare-up of conflict where she is naming him as abusive and either he is not responding or he is uh, saying he is not, mm-hmm. uh, or he is saying, I'm not perfect, but she is ruining my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a few days ago, it got really heated and ugly. Uh, and this isn't the, it, it just, I'm not, from a public standpoint, like what is being shared is, pictures of self-harm and clips of arguments from voicemails and it, you know the mm-hmm. the mess that you can avoid by getting off twitter man um, i didn't see any of this till you just told me about it <laughs> so that's the short answer is everybody mind your own goddamn business yeah, yeah, yeah. but um it got connected to so he is a dj for vic mensa who's been very active recently denouncing triple uh, X as a abuse. Anyway, we don't have to go into all that, but basically mm-hmm. uh, what I saw was a conflict between two people who have definitely both harmed each other mm-hmm. and are now at an impasse where one person has needs that aren't being met mm-hmm. and is really struggling. Mm-hmm. And the other person just wants to go on with their life mm-hmm. um, and feels attacked and mm-hmm. feels like they did their time and they're out mm-hmm. and they don't want to be part of it anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, which is another point of privilege. 
Absolutely. That's right. the idea of like, I just want to move on with my family. You know, that's every time someone resigns for a scandal, it's like, mm-hmm. just want to move on to the next chapter of my life with my family. Like, Especially when you share a family. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> like there is this, no moving this, on. There's only moving this, through. Yeah. This is your family. Uh, and, you know, I've never been like too public about it and, and I still <coughs> won't, but just wanting to like contextualize the, 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 the real impetus and, yeah. and going back to Vic, uh, you know, because there, there is a part of the exercise that I think is important and don't want to um, invalidate anybody making a claim against right. abuse, specifically any man um, making taking public space uh, to say that we should not make space for, for ab- abusers. abusers. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, the thing that the, the, the analysis that I have before I get into personal, which I think is, is fair, um, is is that you know I think a lot of people are, are are accurately saying there's a contradiction of what you've named in your, in your own past uh, and you have not you are not reconciling and how you are in some ways attempting to benefit from taking this space right because right? it's not just I'm against it I am against it in a performative public way right. as we started talking about right. performance and I'm not against it as someone who has done it I'm against it as the antithesis to the people right the people. and the fact that you tried to ind- individualize it with someone that you were feuding with and obviously every the hip hop landscape being so competitive of like somebody who has more right. So there's some clout right. involved in it that makes it all scarce. So here's the thing that people are saying, right? Like you cannot uh, just be out here trying to clout chase, disrespecting, you know, or naming the dead and like hurting people who are still grieving uh, in a way that brings attention to yourself without accounting for yourself. But the thing that bothered me the most about it is uh, nobody was thinking about the person that, was harmed in all of this right Right. uh by either by either man right by any of the men (laughs) but at least with the other a case having some more publicity and there was court case like like the the person is named and there has been response you know and there's been even though it's gone poorly in the public space of how the the uh the woman involved with Mm -hmm. x uh the other person has no voice in terms of the Vic relationship. Uh, and, and so uh, that is, some, you know, and so that is somebody who I had a, a, a deep personal relationship with uh, a long time ago. And so that that's something that was like really sitting in my spirit in yeah. a way that that was not good. And was, right. And it, it goes to show why, like the fact that both people have harmed each other does not mean that both sides are equally presented in mm-hmm. the relationship to that harm and mm-hmm. the implications of that harm, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you can say, I just want to move on, or you can say, this is what this was, and I'm right. framing the narrative. Absolutely. This is and, how it and is. And this know. is how it is. And even if the way you frame it is admitting your the, fault, mm-hmm. that is still you taking the power and defining that narrative. Um, and so I don't have a solution for it. I think uh, probably just people shouldn't be famous. <laughs> yeah, famous. <laughs> That's probably that, the answer. That is That is a toxic thing that we don't, that we can't account for. But I, I think the thing that is helpful, whether you're famous or not, is to understand that even when you have been harmed also, the implications on your life of that harm are not the same as the implications of the harm that you committed to someone who benefits less uh, from this or is marginalized by the structures of right, our society. Right, right, right. So, so it's it's about a power analysis, right? right. So you need a definition uh, of power. I, you know, I, I kind of defined it as um, the relationship to shape environment, determine outcomes, name phenomenon. Hmm. Uh, hmm. That's it, a good definition. Of power. Yeah, Say it yeah, one more time yeah. um, for the people in the back of the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> the relationships to shape environments, uh, name phenomenon, um, 
and what's the other and determine lived outcomes hmm. I, I think i had like one more piece to that yeah. but a little working definition of the power. naming is a big one right and so historically we have structures that give that position uh to certain groups yeah. and so outside of the physical the on average because it's not the same but be- the physical uh distinction between a fem- feminine and female body and a masculine and male body right. uh, which and, there's plenty of power implications just right, in the physical just and just how we have to deal with that um the way that the history has allowed men to shape the lives of everybody shape the lives of women of children uh right we we are trying to figure out how to readdress that and so yeah. as an individual i don't like that word as a person who has that identity right it's really hard because like oh am i supposed to figure this all out right it's especially like, when you're like oh shit i've been fucked up off it like and if you don't have access to the history if you right. don't know like 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 you know the kind of like white trash narrative of like the undereducated who are able to be manipulated by the elite right like right. if you don't know how patriarchy has worked if you don't know how gender has worked in the economy and yeah. how women's labor has been extracted if you don't know the history of sexual violence and how rape is is equal to torture and to forced labor in terms of slavery and imperialism right, right? like that's how we have formed our societies yeah. um you know it's it's the, it's the reason why like you know white people saying they go the cops shooting somebody is different than a 16 year old with no power uh why why there's a different response to that right, right. uh and so what does it mean to be accountable which let's do another like working definition i just name accountability as the naming of impact and impact is harm and benefit right. uh so acknowledging impact so if you acknowledge the impact of the history how your actions are yeah. a part of that history uh it's a little easier just to be like one, just okay, just like accept people's experience, you right. know, and that's the thing that men do that white people do a lot. It's like, I can't accept right. what you were saying about your experience that's and what true. you were saying because about it, me. It, because that is challenging my worldview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. And like, how's the world treating me? How am I treating yeah, the world? It's like, well, it's been pretty good for a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that to me seems like, at least at this point, and this is something that I would not have felt comfortable doing a year, two years, three years ago, the role that I f- feel interested in figuring out how to do more and more is helping people who have committed harm and do not understand how that harm is connected to power Mm -hmm. helping them gain that power analysis right so that then they can understand why the implications of what Mm -hmm. they've done matter so rather than saying that they're like the bigger monster Mm -hmm. even if they what they have done is more monstrous that doesn't feel like that feels like a valuable project. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like my project. Yeah. And I'm not saying this is what I want to spend my whole life doing is talking to people who've been abusive and saying, hey, this is fucked up because you are less likely to have all, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But even on a less interpersonal thing, mm-hmm. on a like um, structural or communal, helping people see and helping myself see better because I'm not saying I have it all figured mm-hmm. out at all. Um but the the ways that the ways that we exist within power structures right and so like even and like to even get to that point maybe like even before we get into the power devoid of of power dynamics accepting that our environment right back to that yeah. concept which is not just you know the co2 levels and the yeah. trees but our environment the trees. Is, is harmful right like everything at some point it's hurt. Everything at some point breaks down. Everything at some point dies. Right. And you are a part of the environment. Not me, though. <laughs> I'm going to be here for, for a while. I was just... <laughs> but let's just let... You are a part of the environment. So that means unless, you know, we get to a new 
being, you know, in our current reality, everybody's going to harm somebody at some point. So you should not be so uh, Hmm. distraught or so, not even distraught, we are unprepared to accept that. And a lot of it is not our fault. It is because Hmm. punishment has been associated to our limitations and to our harm, and we don't want to be punished. So it's really a survival thing. Right. Uh, Right. You don't admit fault because if you admit fault, then you you got time out, you get a whooping, you get grounded, you get fired, you go to jail, you you know, you get executed. That's still deeply embedded into our consciousness. So that's why, that's why abolition is so important. Like we need to get past notions of punishment and institutions of violence to address harm Hmm. so that we can internalize new conceptions Hmm. change our environment to change our behaviors because we have the that's the thing about people we we are so powerful we're the most powerful thing that has ever been on this earth except we can shape our environment whales are powerful so they they haven't shaped their environment the way that we have i don't know you've seen the ocean (laughs) no there's a lot of stuff going on down there i feel like whales have been doing some see i don't know what i'm talking about back to the top (laughs) Uh, we'll leave you with whales uh, <laughs> as, as we always do <laughs> as we always like to do here on ergo dame as always it's a it's, pleasure it's checking in and chopping you're, it you're my guy man. right back I appreciate at you. you much love we'll be right back uh in a week we'll be right back uh with another conversation uh with someone reshaping the culture of our city for the more equitable the more creative you can follow us at ergo radio a-i-r-g-o radio i'm at ergo kiss i'm damon underscore af give us a uh donation um, we will happily accept donations. We got a PayPal and a Patreon, and uh, bring us to your school. We got a bunch of exciting new stuff coming up in the next uh, few months. This is a little incubation phase. We got some cool stuff Let's in get the it. works. Um, but without further ado, all sports is up next, and we'll talk to you next week. Much love to the people. Peace. So you're listening to Ergo, right? But you want Ergo and all your other podcasts to sound good. That's why you should be listening on Overcast. Overcast is a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now, unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store.